Hello, Kristen here. Before we get into this episode, I wanted to tell you that the antidote is a thing that's happening. It's a series of monthly gatherings that will help you return to your body and your being over and over again in the face of, you know, 2024, election insanity, climate change, global wars, your own personal stuff, other stuff. It's crazy out there. And it's easy to abandon yourself and freak out. The antidote is for bringing you home to yourself so that you can be safe in your being even when the world outside of you feels objectively unsafe. And because everybody's marketing at you and there's no reason for you to believe me, you can head to jointheantidote.com to grab a free recording of the first session that happened this week so you can feel it instead of thinking about it to see if it's a good match for you. That is jointheantidote.com. Scroll all the way down and you will see a place to pop your email address in and grab the recording. Welcome to this episode of That's What She Said. This is part two of the voice series called What Do Work and Worth Have to Do with Your Voice? We're going to talk about that in a moment. Two things first. One, uh, new year, new practice, which is the tip jar. So if at any point you were like, holy shit, this has changed my life, my world, my morning routine, my inner asshole brain, any of the above, you just head to kristenkelp.com slash podcast or uh, in the show notes, and you can leave some gratitude in the form of dollars. I would very much appreciate that. And if you are totally broke, there's also a link to leave a review on iTunes, which costs you zero dollars and helps other people find the podcast. And it's much appreciated when you do, in fact, leave a review. Number two, if you'd like to work with me for business coaching all year long, I have three spots left as of the time I'm recording this, uh, for a January start to KK on tap, which is kristenkelp.com slash tap. You talk with me once a quarter, one-on-one. You hang out in the secret uh, group for KK on tap. You have quarterly group coaching calls. You get uh, tickets to everything that comes up that's valued at under $1,000, which will include uh, the voice workshop, which we're going to talk about in a moment. And uh, yeah, it's a screaming deal. So kristenkelp.com slash tap. Slash send me an email and I can send you all that information. And uh, let's do it. This is the Voice Podcast series. And if you listen to episode one about work and worth, I didn't mention your voice at all in part one. And to quote Hannah Gadsby, well spotted, well spotted. Um, <laughs> that's right, I didn't. Uh, but here's the thing. And I didn't want to overwhelm you and make a three hour long podcast. So this is being broken in chunks. If your work and your worth are inextricably bound together, you're highly unlikely to use your real voice in any but the safest environments, i.e. with your best friend, with your partner, with your dog, or never. 
because the safest of environments is what's required for you to use your real voice if your work and your work work and your worth are totally a hairball. So when a customer deciding not to use your services really means there's something wrong with you and you're not good enough, says your asshole brain, of course you're going to take it personally and then try even harder to please absolutely everyone by becoming more bland and broadly appealing and generally vanilla. When a criticism of something as simple as your color choices is, in your view, also a commentary on the ways that you're a waste of humanity, of course you're not going to share your work with many people, or you're going to spend years pondering font choices in the hopes that that will make you immune to critique. If your latest project doesn't do as well as you'd like commercially, and that means you're somehow less entitled to exist, of course you're more terrified of failure than of anything else on earth. I totally get it. But when you can separate your work and others' thoughts about your work from your worth as a human, you are far more likely to take chances, share your opinions, and generally experiment with your output for both business and pleasure. When you can truly deeply believe that a troll commenting about the size of your ass or waist or wallet or work has nothing to do with your intrinsic value as a human, you get freer, fast free like you don't hide behind planning and planning and planning in ever more advanced attempts to stave off criticism by releasing a perfect product, service, piece, website, or event. You just put your work into the world. As Rob Bell would say, make the crappy version of the thing. It is some of the most frustrating and brilliant advice I've ever received. Make the crappy version of the thing. You get free like you aren't obsessed with making people like you because you're, they're disliking you decreases your value as a human, asshole brain whispers. So you are better suited to take a stand, to become less vanilla, and to express yourself as you truly are to those around you. You become free like you stop holding yourself to an unreachable I'll be myself when standard that's always six months or $10,000 away so you can connect with the clients who are already on the calendar or inquiring about your services in a deeper way. And that's the trick about the six months or $10,000 away is that it never arrives. So you're making a million dollars. Okay. It's, it's a hundred thousand dollars away. So you're making $4. Okay. It's $400 away. It's always later, later away, away instead of I will be myself when I wake up in the morning. That's it. Tying your work and your worth into a big hairball is the opposite of free. When you, to go all rolled dolls Matilda, close the door on your soul and you tuck it into a tiny, tiny closet like Trunchbull's Chokey, you lock your voice up along with it. You dim your opinions and feelings, especially expressing them, because you need the most people possible to approve of you. Approval equals love, except that it doesn't, of course. <laughs> But asshole brain convinces you of this. This is deep asshole brain stuff. And I'm getting all fired up. You loosen your boundaries toward people who suck because you need them to like you even if they text you absurd demands for editing or sushi delivery or emotional support at 3 a.m. Then you spend more and more time scrolling or shopping or drinking or screening to dull the pain of shutting yourself down in the first place. And that shutting yourself down, of course, kills your voice. When you untangle your work, which is its own entity, whether it's books, papers, emails, art, coaching, making, doing, servicing, whatever it is, from your worth, which is inherent soul value, spirit, ineffable magic in all kinds of forms, not the least of which may be dressing like a four-year-old, you are fucking free. 
No one has to like you for you to feel okay with being alive. No comment is forever. No potential client's decision to hire someone else is going to stir up all sorts of shame and not enoughness within. The kind of freedom you seek only comes when you've committed to connecting with and sharing your real, true, authentic, raw, and probably uncomfortable voice with the world. Right. You say, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it. Got it. Got it. But how the fuck do we do that, Kristen? I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> as far as I can see from my 10 years of being a voice in the world, uh, there are four qualities you can actively cultivate within yourself that pretty much guarantee your voice grows more resonant within your own soul first and with like-minded people second. Ready? The voices who resonate most deeply within the soul are wild, kind, brave, and clear. And I'm talking resonate most deeply within the soul as in not stirring up negative fear, bad, terror, horror, not appealing to the worst of us, but the voices who resonate deeply and appeal to the best of what humanity can offer are wild, kind, brave, and clear. Wild as in untamed, willing to challenge the status quo and step outside societal norms when necessary. Wild as in braving the wilderness a la Brene Brown. Kind, not merely nice. That means willing to establish boundaries, tell the truth, and bear the consequences without being cruel in any given situation. So it's truth without cruelty is generally kindness. Brave as in vulnerable, one and the same. Willing to express the fullness of ex an experience in any given moment, even if it may not turn out well. Willing to move toward the expression of emotion and intensity rather than dialing it down, running away, or stuffing it down for later. Clear as in articulate, not muddy and vague, not overblowing promises of this is going to change your life and you're going to lose 87 pounds in three minutes, lacking doublespeak or cloudy ideals, not hearkening back to an imagined past that never existed, i.e. make America great again. Clear is concise. Clarity has done the hard work of sorting through murk and yuck to state the simple but not easy truth in any given circumstance. When you connect with the parts of yourself that are wild, kind, brave, and clear, you naturally end up with a wilder, kinder, braver, and clearer, i.e. far more powerful, voice. Those elements of your voice draw people to you, both online and off, for business, for pleasure, just in life, in ways you can't imagine when your soul is in the chokey. So if your soul is in the chokey, let's unlock it. I want to hear you speak with every bit of the authority and lack of shame that our politicians employ on a daily basis. The morally bankrupt are having their say right now, so you sure as hell get a say too. I want to hear you share your work, as well as the good and the right, the miraculous and the possible, without the fear of perfectionism or one person's not liking you that currently keeps you bound up in silence. I want you to reject the endless societal constraints placed upon you, i.e. be thinner, be quieter, be nicer, oh honey, just ignore him, he's drunk, or he's R. Kelly, in order to become a freer, wilder, more intuitive human. I want you to remember the deepest, truest self you've been tamping down, ignoring, hiding, or refusing to feed any carbs for years now. Because your truest self is not bound up in the size of your waist or the number of abs you can count. That's not the best life has for you. 
I want to help you find a more expansive, brighter life within this one you're already living and then share that brightness with everyone you meet. Ultimately, I want you to use your voice today and tomorrow and for all the days to come. The voice workshop is for finding, unleashing, and using the voice of your truest self, starting in a human-to-human real-life space without any sort of online comments or haters of any kind. We have far more power, wisdom, and creativity than we give ourselves credit for, and it's time to let it out. The next four podcasts are tiny, tiny travels into the places where you typically tamp your voice down and pretend everything is fine. We all know that fine is basically death in a relationship. How are you? Fine. Oh, something's gone horribly wrong. We're going to enter into each one together, undo or tinker with the fine parts, and go searching for free instead. In the meantime, let's find the places where you tangle your work and your worth on the regular, because this can be tricky to spot. Your asshole brain's going to be like, oh, you don't do that. She's talking about someone else. Here are some questions that might reveal places that your asshole brain is winning. What have I, what have I made someone not hiring me say about my value as a human? So if someone chooses not to work with me, that means they don't want to work with me currently. That does not mean that I am too fat, too loud, too stupid, too cheap, too expensive, too, what have you made it become that it is not? And even if someone says your work is too expensive, where have you made that be? you are not worthy, or your work is not worthy, or instead of like, they just can't afford it. Maybe that has nothing to do with you. Where have I taken critique of my work, like I spelled something wrong, as critique of my soul, or of something much larger than the thing that it was? Um, This photo is a little blurry. I am a horrible human who should die because I have no right to live, okay? Those are two different things that came from that photo is a little blurry, right? Where do you conflate a tiny bit of criticism with, I'm no longer worthy of being human? Because you don't have to do that. You can just notice it and then call it out, call out the behavior, call out the pattern, and ultimately build the muscle that helps you to stop doing that. Where have I given into asshole brain's assessment of my total value on this planet being related to my brand, my web presence, my availability, my font choices, my ability to answer text messages at 3 a.m. So where does my ability to answer an email within 10 seconds equal that's the sum total of my being, of my just worthiness of being on the planet? Because those things are not the same. Am I predisposed to give the naysayers too much real estate in my brain? Which comments or critiques do I still carry around? And comments there is in air quotes, because you're generally not carrying around praise, like, oh, it's so heavy. Liz Gilbert of uh, Eat, Pray, Love fame said that she calls these mental cigarettes, that if all is well in the world, that her brain still saves a few comments or critiques, and then she just sort of like a mental cigarette, like you just, you sit with it and smoke it and let it sort of be with you instead of like, yeah, no, we don't have to carry that anymore. Have I let any comments or critiques transform into new rules for being to the detriment of my voice in the world? So have I let someone's comments about um, those pants are too bright or those pants are stupid mean, okay, I'm never going to wear those pants again or pants like that ever again. That's a really small example and that's the point. It always starts small. It always starts with, "Mm, yeah, that doesn't look good right there. Okay, cool. I'm never going to put anything like that anywhere near that again, right? And then it goes from there. 
Do I trust that I can be seen and loved as I truly am, even in business? This one's so hard. Do I trust that I can be seen and loved as I truly am, even in business? It is tricky. It is challenging, but it can be done. It absolutely can be done. And I'm proof that it can be done. And then finally, where do I hide behind my quote unquote professional voice in order to avoid being seen? And that's the voice, you know, the voice where you suddenly go like, okay, well, that's a, like, there's a shift somewhere in you. It might be an actual physical voice that shifts. It might be an attitude that shifts. It might be your clothing that shifts. There is some shift that you make in you and you use that professional screen as like a, a filter and people are not allowed to see behind that. And it might be very appropriate that that's in place if you're a congresswoman. It gets less and less appropriate as you get closer and closer to being an artist whose work is being yourself in the world. So any one of those questions will show you places where you are currently trapped in the work is worth paradigm instead of work and worth are very separate things. And that's also going to show you where you can get free. So I don't bring all of this up to be like, oh my God, you're so stuck and you're so hopeless. I bring this up to be like, okay, if we're having an advanced course in asshole brain, these are the places that are insidious that asshole brain and society at large will reinforce that critique of you is critique of your being on the earth or that your professional voice needs to stay that way and no one can see who you really are. Your job is to break those things down. Your job is to continually, perpetually, over and over and over again, separate your work from your worth and draw that line and draw that line and draw that line. And it will become more and more natural as the years progress. Your work goes up and down in value. Your worth never changes as a human. Please don't let your worth be susceptible to the whims of comments and choices and fonts. So if you are at all curious about the voice workshop that is going down in May in Philly, and you can head to kristenkelp.com slash voice dash workshop, or just head to kristenkelp.com, click on voice workshop, shoot me an email, I'll send you the info, whatever it is. Uh, right now, early bird is the promo code that will take $100 off your total price so that you can be rewarded for being an early bird. So go take a look. And I will be back next week with part three, which is an introduction to wild and it's called how to take time off. Bada bing, bada boom. It's amazing. Let's do this thing. And I will see you next week. Thank you for listening. One more time, The Antidote is a series of monthly gatherings to help you come back to your body, your being, and your breath when it's most likely that you'll self-abandon. The Antidote is the antidote to trying to do 
everything all alone, all by yourself, while you grow more stressed and you're generally freaking out and telling everyone you're fine while quietly or not so quietly scream sobbing in a private place between tasks. Let's not do that. Let's try something different. This is a really simple format. One gathering a month on the first Tuesday of the month until the 2024 election. So we're practicing the skills that we will need in November now. And we're getting really comfortable with body, breath, and being now. And that's available to you at jointheantidote.com. There's a free recording. You can sign up. You can get more details. Enjoy, enjoy, enjoy.